0: T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, all three engines up and burning. 2, 1, 0, and liftoff! The final liftoff of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle. America will continue the dream. And blast off! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Jake Schaefer campaign. I'm your host, Jacob Mark Schaefer. And this is my campaign. If you're a first-time listener, you should probably know I was on a soap opera, and it was rad. For more information, check out previous episodes. But I want you all to know I'm much more than just a soap opera superstar. I'm also the dungeon master of my new Monera group, and I write books from time to time. My latest book, The Fleeting Prince, is available through my publisher, Bold Venture Press they do the Zorro books. Those are cool. You should check them out. If you're a fan of this show, please pick up a copy of the book on Amazon and leave a review. It's the best thing you can do to support me in this show. Also, spread word about the podcast. That'd be cool too. In the meantime, I'll continue to release chapters from the book bi-weekly on this podcast. Now, without further ado, chapter six of The Fleeting Prince. CHAPTER 6 Both Shiva and Astrid were awake when Lennox returned to where they had set camp. The clouds were clear for the first time in days, and the sun was just cresting in the sky, its golden rays flooding through the frozen trees. Nothing moved as he peered out through the woods. The morning was cold and peaceful. It was strange to Lennox how different the woods looked during the day. The gloom seemed to be lifted away with the morning light but some of the magic was gone as well he frowned slightly beneath his helm shiva watched him emerge from the brush his hand resting atop his hilt his face stark his eyes grim astrid seemed less interested she was gathering the saddles and placing them upon the horses the stallions watched her with sleepy surprise she spoke to them quietly and made soothing noises as she tightened the girth straps and loaded what little remained of their supplies They accepted the extra weight with little fuss. Well, Lennox began, I hope the two of you managed to get some rest. I had a rather unpleasant night myself. I find it difficult to rest when the man on watch proves himself lacking. Shiva's tone seeped with disapproval. Letting the wolves sneak up on you in the cave, I can forgive. But abandoning us altogether? We would have been easy prey had ghouls or thieves fallen on us. Oh, I'm not so sure about that. Zeb was here when I left, and she's ten times the guard any one of us could be. The warden gave Lennox a hard look but said nothing, and behind him Lennox saw Astrid glance toward him with a pleased expression. That aside, he continued, Why do you think I left in the first place, huh? The warden shifted coldly, but remained silent. A situation has developed. An unpleasant expression darted across Shiva's face. It was gone as quickly as it came, leaving him outwardly calm, though his displeasure was clear. What is the situation? I'll show you. Before they set out, Shiva went over the campsite inch by inch to make sure there was no sign that anyone had ever been there. He righted any overturned rocks and quitted the fire, making sure to spread out the remaining ashes. He did it all quickly, taking only a few minutes. But they did not leave until he was satisfied, and the ground looked untouched. Merrick led them, taking them through small trails of snow and slush, weaving his way through a maze of trees and thick brush until at last they caught a glimpse of the towering arch tree in the distance. During the night, the sky was black, hiding the mighty tree as it stretched its branches out into the air. But in the light of the day, the tree could be seen a mile out. Merrick quickly disappeared then, and they were left to weave the rest of the way themselves. By the time they reached the clearing, gray clouds ruled the sky. The last rays of sunlight dwindled into nothing, and a cold breeze began to blow through the trees. A pity, Lennox thought. He was tired of being cold. In the daylight, he could see it all. The clearing was a perfect circle with a towering arch tree standing square in the center. The smell of earth and decay was heavy, and the dark hummus stood out in stark contrast to the white snow of the surrounding woods. There were a few trees interspersed throughout the clearing, but beside that it was an open land. Where is the snow? Shiva asked aloud. Lennox gestured to the arch tree. There is magic in the tree. It keeps the land warm and the soil alive with life. What is this place? Astrid asked, speaking up. A garden, Lennox answered. This does not look like any garden I've seen. I'm not surprised. This land was crafted by the giants before the war destroyed them. With no one left to cultivate the land, they quickly disappeared, except for a very few. It is said Armaros himself set the wards, protecting the arch-trees and preserving the legacy of the giants. He smiled sadly inside his helm as he looked once more upon the massive tree. This might very well be the last living garden of the giants, and now it's been tainted. He said the last words quietly to himself as he kicked his horse forward. The others quickly followed after. The bodies of the two men Lennox had slain lay sprawled out across the earth, their forms settling into the soil where they rested. The jackal was on his side, half-broken, wrapped in twisted and warped metal. The glutton on his back, the rapier sticking up from the side of his neck. They were as Lennox had left them. Why, look at you! Shiva said as they drew near. Hunting alone in the middle of the night. I can't say I approve. Though, I would have done the same. He was smiling as he spoke, the joy of the hunt clear by his expression. He pushed ahead, eager to reach the fallen knights. The fat one must be three meters tall, he called back. Lennox turned towards Astrid. The woman's eyes were fierce her face displeased with what she saw. You are familiar with these men? He asked. Perhaps, was all she said. They continued forward toward Shiva who had already dismounted for a closer look, tying off his stallion to a nearby oak. They followed suit, dismounting from the rides before tying them off together. Even in her mute state, Astrid's eyes searched all around them, staring out across the clearing as if there was something to see except the same cold forest they'd been traveling through day after day. If she did see anything, it evaded Lennox. He eyed the two men cautiously as he approached, raising his visor for a better look. Their armor looked faded to him somehow. In the heart of the night when they fought, their rust-red armor almost seemed to glow, as though the men themselves had been wrapped in embers. Now it looked pale and dead, as lifeless as the men it once protected. Sir Knight, Shiva called out, still smiling, waving for Lennox to come to him. You'll want to see this. A deep knot began to form in Lennox's stomach. He mistrusted Shiva's smile. Just here, Shiva said, pointing. He was on one knee cradling the jackal's helm in his hand. And twisting the head so that the sigil could be seen clearly. These are his servants, the Dark Moon Alchemist. This is his sigil, yes? The crest was etched into the back of the jackal's helm, a perfect match to the markings set in the arch tree. Lennox inhaled quickly, surprised at his own foolishness. He turned and strode towards the glutton, bending down to examine the fat man's helm. He found nothing. Unsatisfied, he grabbed at the rapier, pushing it forward with all his might, hoping to turn the glutton's head. When nothing happened, he called out to Shiva for help. With the two of them together, they managed to turn the body enough for Lennox to grab the helmet and lift it clear of the hummus. He turned the head sideways before letting go. The heavy helm hit the earth with a thud, and the dark moon sigil showed clearly on the glutton's forehead. He stepped away looking once more at the jackal's twisted body with furrowed eyes. He was breathing deeply, and was angry. He had suspected, but to see the dark moon sigil so blatantly embedded on the arch tree and in the knight's armor, it was troubling. He retrieved the rapier from the glutton's head, tugging at it several times before it finally came loose. Both Astrid and Shiva watched him with curious eyes, but kept quiet. With the rapier in hand, he made his way to the arch-tree, pausing only a moment before plunging the sword's tip into the etching on the tree, piercing the black moon with the blade as he called out words from an ancient tongue. Imondationum, lusum. The world went white as light spilled forth from the pierced tree, a striking blast, as bright as the sun but without the heat, blinding all who gazed upon it. Large clusters of smoke followed. Billowing out in clumps of dark death, they engulfed Lennox, blocking him from sight as he clutched at the rapier and screamed out another spell. The building chaos only grew, until, all at once, the light retreated, and the earth grew silent. For a time, no one moved, and a resting stillness fell upon the woods. Sir Knight, Astrid called out, taking a step. Wait, Shiva said, taking her by the wrist. Don't go into the smoke. She hesitated, looking back into the thick cloud of black. She went to move forward. Stop it, I said. He just broke a curse. A powerful one. That smoke could kill you if you breathe it in. Or worse. With great hesitation, she relented. The warden released his grip and together they waited, watching as the smoke hovered about the arch tree like a morning mist, until, at last, it began to dissipate, and the smallest glimpses of Lennox's golden armor could be seen twinkling through the smoke. He was kneeling with his head bent low, his armor rising and falling in slow, rolling breaths. Astrid watched nervously, when, to her great surprise, Lennox rose. She could see it was difficult for him. His hunched shoulders and heavy head seemed to weigh him down until finally he took off his helm and let it fall to the ground as he emerged from the thinning smoke. It was Shiva who met him first, taking his arm and resting it along his shoulders as he helped the knight away from the arch tree towards one of the smaller oaks. "'No need to go quick, sir knight,' he said before helping Lennox to the ground and leaning him against the trunk of the tree. Lennox sat there for some time, sitting in a somber and crestfallen daze, his face troubled. He shook his head, his long hair dripping with sweat. The cold returned quickly, but he didn't mind. He drew in on himself, saying nothing. His companions waited as well, watching the Golden Knight, waiting for him to come back. For once Shiva looked concerned, and after a time the warden knelt beside the knight and took him by the chin, turning his head gently. Shiva's mouth tightened, but when he spoke, all he said was, Can you ride? Some sort of understanding returned to Lennox then. His eyes rolled to Astrid and then back to the warden before nodding yes. Shiva seemed pleased and nodded back. You poor fool. (laughs) He patted Lennox on the shoulder and rose. Astrid, we need to leave. Gather his helm. I'll retrieve the horses. The black smoke and ash that surrounded the arch tree was all but gone, though Astrid moved quickly just the same, snatching the golden helm from the dark soil and returning to Lennox. He looked down, pale with sweat, but his eyes were present and bright. She knelt beside him, placing his helm in his lap. He chuckled. Thank you. He held the helm in his hands, gazing down into the empty visor. I don't remember losing it. You were having trouble breathing after taking in so much of that foul smoke. He nodded as though he already knew. Yes, well, it was a foolish work, but it needed to be done. I don't understand. Why risk yourself breaking the curse? And who is this dark moon alchemist Shiva keeps speaking of? Lennox blinked in surprise. She had recognized the two knights, he was certain of that. Yet she knew nothing of the dark moon alchemist. What was her part in this? Those men, he said gesturing to the dead knights. You know them, don't deny it. I can't be sure, she answered. You can, and you are. Now tell me. I can't she said. You assume too much. I have never seen those men. As you say, my lady. But you know them nonetheless, yes? He watched her closely, watched as doubt crept in. I told you, she started, her words softer this time. I don't know, but their armor, their masks. She shook her head her eyes stern. I cannot say. My father would not approve. My lady, you have obligations to fulfill, as do I. Else, I would not have put on this Oathkeeper ring. But there is no reason we cannot help each other in these tasks. Even if only a little. Tell me what you know of these men, and I will do the same. Astrid paused, her eyes shifting towards Shiva for a brief moment. Very well, but later. The warden knows too much already. I wish to keep this from him. Consider it another secret between allies. Lennox chuckled deep in his throat, a tired laugh. Of course, my lady, nothing would please me more. When the moment presents itself, we shall speak on the matter. Satisfied. Astrid gave a curt nod just as Shiva appeared atop his stallion, leading the horses towards the small oak. It's time, he called out. It would be unwise for us to delay any longer. Of course, Lennox said with a nod, sounding as if he had found a second wind. He placed his helm atop his head and held out his hand. My lady, if you may. She took his arm and helped him to his feet. His body shook as he rose, but once on his feet he seemed steady enough. Are you sure you can ride? Shiva asked. He eyed the knight warily. Lennox lifted his visor. His eyes were strong. The warden nodded and threw over a pair of reins, watching as they quickly mounted. Right then, off we go. Be sure not to fall behind. He wheeled his horse about as Astrid and Shiva followed wordlessly after. Shiva led the way, clad in a shadowed cloak atop a black steed. The big man was almost invisible in the muddied forest light. They rode together in a steady trot, following his trail through the winding pathways. Astrid's dark wolves, matching the horse's sluggish pace with ease, were black phantoms darting across fields of white. Lennox rode last in line, with Astrid just before him and Shiva not far ahead. The warden never turned reserving his eyes for what lay before him. If Cursed Undead were to appear behind, or more knights like the ones Lennox had fought, it would be up to Merrick to sound an alarm. That was of some comfort to Lennox. His body felt fragile as he cursed his own weakness under his breath. He had never felt so mortal as he did now. Lennox's chest expanded as he took in a breath of the icy air. It hurt, but he didn't mind. He closed his eyes. The fragrance of winter frost surrounded him, so different from his prison cell. He smiled and took in another breath. He craned his neck to peer behind, hoping for one last glimpse of the arch tree, but they had gone too far. A pity, he thought, before looking up at the sky. On and on they went, eastward across the woods, the sky slowly fading to twilight. Now and again the wolves flashed into sight before disappearing quickly into memory. Still, their sharp howls could be heard echoing through the trees when not seen. For a time the sky was red and orange, the thick clouds colored brightly by the fading sun. Though, often they could see little of the sky, and soon the colors were all gone, and black was the color of the night. Shiva brought the line of horses to a crawl, Lennox clung to his saddle and reins with cautious vigor. It was dangerous to ride in darkness. One misstep or unseen rock could trip the horses, and if they went lame, they would need to be put down. There was no other option considering their state. He had saved the arch tree when he destroyed the Dark Moon's sigil, but he had lit a beacon in doing so. Their location was known, and the enemy would come. Lennox reached down rubbing at the ache that filled his tired legs. Ahead of them came the familiar sound of trickling water, a stream Lennox considered. Not much else it could be. But as they drew closer the path widened, revealing an opening in the woods. Lennox frowned as they neared, realization slowly settling in. Following Shiva's example, he dismounted, running his hand along his stallion's neck in gentle appreciation. Their pace had been mild. But they had traveled far over rough terrain, and Squall stood with his head bowed, steam rising up from his sweaty fur. Good boy, Squall, Lennox said quietly as he tied him to a tree. Take a rest now. Shiva stood at the water's edge looking out across the half-frozen lake. Astrid stood beside him, neither of them speaking. Lennox lifted his visor. Ah, it seems we've come to an impasse. The three of them stood in silence gazing out across the sunken bridge. A low dock of rotted and dying wood stretched out across the water to the other side of the lake. It appeared sturdy enough except for a large section in the center that had collapsed beneath the water. Up above, the sky was clear but for a single cloud that hovered in the face of the moon, casting down pale light onto the icy water and snow-covered trees that lined the lake's edge. Shiva looked to Astrid. Well, He asked, his tone sharp. This bridge of yours is no good. What now? The lake is shallow further south. We could try to ford across just before the current returns. Astrid shook her head. No, it would be unwise to trust these waters. We will have to spend another night in the woods, but it is better we head north. There is another bridge we may cross. Shiva had perceived Lennox moving alongside the lake as he stood talking with Astrid, but he stopped short when he saw the Golden Knight begin to walk out along the shattered bridge. Sir Knight, he called out. Lennox stopped and turned, holding up his finger to his helm in a whispering motion. He signaled for them to stay where they were before continuing down the dock, flail in hand and shield at the ready. What's he doing? Astrid whispered. He sees something, Shiva answered, his eyes feverishly searching the still waters. A cold gust swept across the lake, pushing at some of the chunks of ice that floated along the surface. One of the larger ones flipped, casting out long waves of ripples across the lake's glassy surface. Both Shiva and Astrid reached for their weapons as Lennox froze where he stood. But the gust passed and the ripples died out, leaving the lake peaceful once more. Lennox let out a sigh of relief before pressing forward, half-crouched, along the decrepit bridge. The wood was covered with a thin layer of ice that made each step more dangerous than the last, as the wood slowly cracked beneath his weight. There, he thought, pleased that he had been right. He couldn't be sure, not from the shore, but he saw it now, a single corpse, hidden among the rubble of the fallen bridge. He reached the end of the bridge and scanned the lake's surface once more, but saw nothing except the outline of Shiva and Astrid as they watched silently from the shore. Content, he set his mace aside and crawled down to his stomach, and went about pulling out the corpse. Perhaps I should have brought Shiva along, he reflected. The body was heavy and frozen through, but the bridge hovered close to the water's surface, and he managed to pull the body up on his third attempt. At first he thought the corpse was a child, but a second glance told him it was actually a dwarf. He was happy for that. Had it been a full-sized man, he doubted he would have been able to lift the corpse alone. The dwarf's clothes were half torn and frozen in clumps, and Lennox had to smash him with his flail to break the ice off, but after two good swings the ice shattered and he was able to peel back the cloth around the little man's neck. He checked the dwarf's wrists and ankles too, and when he was satisfied, he dragged the corpse back to the edge of the bridge and kicked him into the water with a splash. He was breathing heavily then, small puffs of steam shot out from his visor with every breath, but it had been worth it, he had to know, and his energy would return soon enough. "'What was he looking for?' Astrid asked softly to Shiva. They stood together on the murky shore as another vagrant gust descended on the lake. With no trees to act as a buffer, The wind cut into them with cold indifference. Shiva seemed apathetic towards the whole ordeal. His eyes followed Lennox as the knight made his way back across the bridge. But just as the knight drew close, he turned to leave. It doesn't matter, he said at last. Ask if you truly wish to know. But make it quick. These woods grow more dangerous with each passing hour. The warden left her then, and she stood alone on the shore when Lennox returned. The knight was still breathing heavily, but he was moving fast, and just as he went to speak, he passed her by. We need to go, he said hurriedly. Wait, Astrid said, grabbing at Lennox's arm. What did you find out there? And who is this dark moon alchemist? Shiva has been unsettled ever since you broke the curse on the arch tree. I want to know just who might be after us. Lennox paused glancing toward Shiva and the horses before lowering his voice. Now is not the time to discuss the Dark Moon. As to what I found, it was a corpse. A small man. A dwarf, actually. I needed to see if he bore the Dark Moon's sigil. He did not. A ghoul, then! Lennox shook his head. A ghoul would have been better. I don't know who the man was. An alchemist, maybe. An alchemist? Lennox shrugged. I can't say for certain, but he had some sort of marking tattooed onto the side of his ankle. It looked alchemic in nature. Overlapping triangles, one of them inverted. I don't know what it means. Astrid understood. The man was no alchemist, she corrected. He's a thief. Are you certain? Yes. Lennox turned and looked out across the lake once more. Ah, well, whatever he was, he's dead now. And we should be going as well. We'll speak more on the matter, I promise. But later, remember, you have answers that I wish to know as well. Hm, so be it, Astrid said releasing Lennox's arm. Right then. You yourself said we'll have to spend another night in the woods. Best not make it two. Shiva was waiting for them when they returned from the shore. He was mounted atop his black stallion, one hand resting upon his lap, the other clutching the reins as the nervous horse pawed at the earth. With the smallest of checks, the stallion became still, glancing back toward Shiva in quiet obedience. The corpse... Was it tainted? No, Lennox said as he climbed up atop his horse. A moment later, Astrid was up as well. The girl claims he had the mark of a thief. He gestured towards her with his free hand, but she apparently took no notice. Astrid spoke up then. If the tattoo you described was accurate, the man was more than just a common thief. He's of the guild. There's no other explanation. Lennox cocked his head curiously. Oh, I admit the circumstances are queer, but it's best not to jump to conclusions. The knight is right, Shiva added. Some say the guild doesn't exist at all, and if they did, why would they have a tattoo marking themselves? And how would you know of it? Perhaps the dwarf was just a merchant. The dwarf? Lennox smiled beneath his helm. Had the big man seen the corpse from the shore? Could he tell from that distance? Or had he listened in on their conversation? Lennox couldn't be sure. I must keep my voice soft, he thought. These men aren't purse thieves to be caught by the city guard, Astrid continued. These men steal gold and treasures like you've never seen. One cannot seek them out. They find you. She turned about and gazed at Shiva under lowered brows. And to shed light on your question, warden, the tattoo shows one is worthy to join the guild. You wouldn't be a very good thief if you got caught, wouldn't you say? One cannot elude the light forever, he replied. They would have been found out. Even my mistress has never mentioned them before. Astrid laughed aloud at this. Oh, I forgot about your mistress. She knows much, I'm sure, but it would be foolish to attribute to your mistress what belongs only to the creator. Even Shem, who held the knowledge of all names, failed when his time came. The warden shook his head. I would not speak his name lightly. I'll do as I will, as we all must. She turned her horse about, glancing over her shoulder as she spoke her final piece. I'm simply giving advice, Warden. You don't have to take it. A flash of anger touched Shiva's eyes, but he only smiled, and even managed a small laugh in the end. Lennox thought the big man was going to say something, but he didn't. Instead, the Warden kicked his horse forward and followed quickly after Astrid, his eyes calm and still. Do as I will. Lennox pondered the phrase as he turned Squall about. Her words but they meant nothing. He rolled the Oathkeeper ring around his finger and gave it a little tug. The ring stayed firmly where it was. Neither of them could do as they willed. Not yet. But he had time. Did Astrid? He wasn't sure, but he imagined he would find out soon enough. Let's go, boy, he said aloud. I've had just about enough with this forest. An extra night sounds dreadful.